welcome to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And we are so excited to be tuned in, tapped in. You know the deal. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like I wish it was Friday. <sighs> tap, tap, tap in. <laughs> that part. Like, can we please get to the good part? <laughs> You know that ain't that, ain't that a song? I mean, a song, a sound on TikTok. Yeah, yeah it's like about vacation. It's like skip to the good part, and yeah. then people like do the transition to them on vacation. Yep, that's how I feel. Um, let's same. go, let's go Friday. Let's go. Feel the same way. Um, but how are you? How what what's it? What to do? Um, it's cool. I feel better because I got to take a nap. Um, even though I didn't mean to take a nap, I literally just meant to sit, lay here and decompress. But I guess when you're 30, you can't lay there without falling asleep. Absolutely not. No, you can't sit still and none of that. Like you just got to fall asleep. You literally have to. I would say next thing I know, I shut, drool on my cheek. (laughs) Well, at least you got a little nappy poo in. I wish I got me one in. Well, I got one in earlier. Yeah, but I get it. Like you... You know I had that double A. Yeah, I needed a fresh one, you know? I get it. And he, yeah, I definitely get it. Um, but yeah, so like are you excited for the show? Like <laughs> I'm excited for the show. I'm excited to finally talk to y'all. Well, I know it doesn't sound like I'm excited. It's just because I'm tired and hot, I promise. <laughs> but I'm really excited to talk about like our Renaissance experience and just it was just Honestly, that's another reason why I don't have no energy. I'm just completely depleted <laughs> from everything that I saw, everything I experienced. Like, I felt like Beyonce put a straw at the top of my head. She just poked <laughs> the straw and sucked everything out. No, for real. That shit was so fun. Also, y'all, um, I'm obsessed with how I sound right now because I haven't had a mic in a while. And, like, mm-hmm. the last few shows, now I have a mic and I feel like, ha, 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 ha. real crispy. Yeah, I feel crispy as hell. So, like... I'm very excited to be back. I'm like, back in business, baby. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I actually thought you sound great the whole time, but you definitely sound a slightly crispier right now. Yeah, like, it's just a certain crisp. Like, it reminds me of when you, like, drink a soda and you go, <sighs> like that, you know? Refreshing. Yeah. Refreshing. Well, let's, speaking of refreshing, let's get into Renaissance. Like, we're not doing a fade for this week. We're just gonna get into it. So we wanna kick off with the fave I mean, with the toast for says, sorry. Yeah. Dedicated to the to the dancers. Yes. Um y'all did y'all thing. Like if any dancer is listening, like y'all did y'all thing. And it was just so fun. Like I felt like I was on stage. Like it was That's just so fun. It was literally so fun and it was so much to look at. The entire show, you were looking at something. Like, I used to hate that back in the day when you went to a concert and people needed to transition or do a break. And it was just, you just stood there. Huh. Not at a Beyonce concert. When I say you were looking at, um, you were looking at uh, a super engaging uh, a video that Beyonce has made with her, like, birthing herself as a robot which was cool that was really cool or you saw like 
20 dancers. Like, they held that stage down. Do you know how hard it is to be at a Beyonce concert? Beyonce's not on the stage. And then, like, the dancers are keeping everyone's attention. Yes. It was so... Also, like, I just enjoy watching Beyonce have fun. And I feel like the dancers, like... I feel like that's, like, the most dance... No. I mean, I think she probably had the same amount of dancers before. But, I don't know. It just felt like... Excuse me. I feel like because a lot of them were so young, it just felt so fun and so fresh. Mm-hmm. And it se- it made Beyonce seem even more youthful. Exactly. Exactly. And also it just made her seem so innovative. Like, mm-hmm. I was a little hurt when I didn't see her, like, normal dancers on the stage. But when I say these new dancers, like, she knew what she... She knew what she was doing with their energy. They just they just killed it. And I, I, I felt thankful to be able to watch them mm-hmm. as just as much as I felt thankful to be able to watch, like, Beyonce's energy was through the roof. Yes, it was great. I loved it. All right. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk about what we were doing yesterday, last week. I mean, tomorrow, last week, tomorrow. Because tomorrow will make one week that we attended Rene- Renaissance. Yes. yes so... Y'all. We're just going to give a full recap of the day. What did we wear? You know, what happened? Um. So, it got to the point. Well, first of all, I feel like I didn't really think about what I was going to wear. I know I should have, but I knew it was going to be hot as hell. And so, I just was like, I be sweating. And I'm like, whatever I wear, it needs to be breathable. You know? So, again, like we said, I wore my sneakers. I had my kicks on. I had my dress that was hella breathable. Um, I wore my cowgirl hat, which um, there, I don't know when the occasion will arise again for me to wear a cowboy hat. But I definitely need a special one for my head size um, because my head is very large. So... But it was fun um, wearing a cowboy hat because I feel like I've worn a lot of hats, but I feel like I've never done that one. Yeah, it was. I really like your outfit. I ain't gonna lie, I was a little shocked when I saw you. I'm like, this is so cute, but this is like not. It's like you, but it was all you pulled the wild card on me. You You did because you sent me something separate. You said you was gonna wear the skirt. And I was like, okay, this is very Frank Anthem coded, like this <laughs> outfit. And then when I saw it, it was like, you remind me of like a grown woman. You look like you were on the tour, like the Renaissance tour, that like in the so, back with a clipboard. I'm cracking up. That is so funny because that was just like, so I was like, um, I just saw the dress and I was like, usually I'm very like, everybody know I'll wear black on black on black. But I was like, let me just take a chance. Excuse me, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, I'm like, let me just take a chance. I'm like, I'm gonna wear black and white. So, um, yeah, I did that. I tried something new, <laughs> and it worked. It worked really well. Um, so for me, I had a, a bit of a malfunction. We both had wardrobe malfunctions. Essentially, mm-hmm. I had some cute leather shorts to wear with like this sparkly top. I wanted to give disco cowgirl. But the shorts was a no-go, and I had to transition to um, a leather skirt. And this was the skirt that I wore for Sabria's birthday weekend. So I knew it was, you know, good. Like, it was a cute fit. But the outfit, in my opinion, was not meant to be worn with a skirt. It was meant to be worn with a short. So with shorts. So it's so funny because so many people were telling me how cute I look. But I don't, I don't know if y'all feel the same way. 
when you had one outfit in mind, you're never going to be happy with what the result was. <laughs> no, I'm cracking up because I'll be feeling it. Yeah, it's like, thank you, but it's not. I don't want you to think that this was my best because it wasn't. Like, that's what I just want to clarify. As long as you understand that, I can accept the compliment. But I feel like I had to tell everybody I had a malfunction. I had a malfunction. Like, I couldn't accept any compliment. But I ain't going to lie, the compliments did make me feel a lot better. Because at first, I was like, this is a mess. Like, this is not the shorts. And then the compliments made me feel like, okay, it may not have been what you wanted, but it's not a mess. Yeah, definitely. And it, you are in line with your theme still. It's just a skirt versus shorts. Like, I don't know why that was such a tough pill for me to swallow. <laughs> um, but I really like my makeup. I was really proud of it. Very cute. Um, I had a Pat, Pat McGrath uh, palette. I've been waiting to put this glitter on. Um, and what better occasion than Renaissance? So, Very true. Yes. And we had similar makeup. We did. We really did. Um, and we also got to give a shout out to your mom. Because she had the face beat too. The ponytail was swinging. Yeah, she did her the own The headpiece was on. Like, she looked really, really beautiful. When she, I saw her, I'm like, okay, girl. She did. And, like, my mom really dresses really cute, Um, I must say. Like, she, she do. Did. I was not worried about the fit. I was excited to see it. And she did not disappoint. She really didn't. Um, and she had a ball. <laughs> Yo, she was having so much fun. I could not believe how much fun she was having. I was like, Yo. Yeah. She is really come. I've never seen her come out her shell like that, and I felt like that was another reason why, like, my energy was super elevated because I felt like your mind came in on ten. She definitely came on ten. She was so excited for this, and I'm so happy that she got to go. Yeah, I'm excited she got to go too, and we got to experience it together. That was really really nice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of together, let's get into who we were there with. Yes, so we um, saw so many people. Yes, we saw so many people. Also, we were with a friend of the show, um, Amani. Shout out to you, the perfect, perfect, perfect person to go to shows with. I'm like, girl, you could come anywhere with me. Like, you know how to behave. You know how to talk to moms. You know yes. how to talk to friends. Like, her and Iman was sitting next to each other, and I wasn't even worried. I'm like, you, like, I just, I'm like, I love it. I'm like, girl, we could kick it any damn Anytime. Time. Anytime. She is my type of gal. <laughs> yes. Like, she girl. is my type of gal. Like, she is just, like aware like that's the number one thing i love about people like somebody who's the fuck aware yes like she's somebody that's like oh y'all look this line moving a little bit quicker oh look we can just do this oh look we could just do that and it's just like it's not an expectation that you have to be an efficient person but some people just are that way it's just who they are it's like in their dna Mm-hmm. I'm somewhat like that, but I, I could, she was, I felt like when I'm sat next to her, I'm like, I found my people. Like I found my, per, like a person that's, that gets it. The girls yes. who get it, get it. Like, cause me and Sabria are very efficient when we're out. We don't do dumb shit. We don't waste time. We don't waste money. <laughs> like that's just how we are. We use our common sense. We look around, we figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will be going, getting lost, wasting money, missing flights. <laughs> like that's not us. So yeah. it's like nice when you are at a concert and you're with somebody who's just like on the same type of time as you. Yes. So shout out to Amani. I had a blast next to her. I had a blast. And she re- she's really part of the 
hive too. Mm-hmm. Like I I love that when you meet somebody who's also like just as into Beyonce as you are, mm-hmm. so you can really fan out in peace. It's so fun. It was so fun. Yes. And again, like it's what Iman was saying, she had all the points, but like it's so nice to be around somebody that's aware because I feel like me and Iman always feel like we the ones that's like carrying it. Like with awareness, um, and cause we like super alert and be like Ooh, you see that? You did that. So it was nice to have somebody else like that. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, we also saw my girlfriend Kristen, another friend of the show. Shout out to the wandering black girl, you know. And it's funny because I knew she was gonna be at the concert, but I had made peace with not being able to see a lot of people because of how many folks were in the building. It was hot. And, like, I wanted to see folks, but I also didn't want people to feel pressure to come find me. Like, we are here to see Beyonce, not each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see each other, but it's hot. It's, it's a, a lot of lines moving around. Let's run into each other if we can, but if not, enjoy the show. We will recap later. But I didn't even try to find Kristen. She was just was in line. That was so crazy. I was like, Kristen? She came up to us. That was so crazy. No, like- I saw her. Oh, you saw her. I saw her in line. And I was like, Kristen. And yes. she's with her, her her two sisters and a friend. Shout out to little sisters. Yes. And it's just, it was like, yo. So we kind of like stood with each other until we had to split apart. But that was just nice. Like seeing, seeing a girlfriend. We also saw a, hot, a Twitter friend. Yes, we saw Hot Gloss. Shout out to Hot Gloss. Fabulous name, by the way. Like, yes, that is a very... Fabulous name. Yes, fabulous name. So shout out to you, baby. Like, that was so fun. My mom was like, wait, who was that? And I had to explain. My mom, my, then my mom was like, oh, what, you hot stuff on Twitter? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> if only she knew. <laughs> if only she knew. Like, she, it's a shame... I mean, it's funny, not a shame, it's funny that your parents really probably have no clue. They have no clue, yeah. And, I was like, and let's keep it that way. But, um, yeah, that just was very funny. But yeah, I just loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. They were reading to people. Yeah, I definitely, um,. Was so happy to meet Hot Gloss in person, especially because when you see people on Twitter, you have no, I am guilty of having no clue of what people look like. Because some folks are really smart and they don't share their name and they don't post any photos on Instagram and, or they post minimal photos and then they can kind of keep this like online personality and I just start to build bonds with people without knowing who they are, what they look like, where they're from. And I'm like, in some ways, that's probably crazy. But this is a time where it really was just so pleasantly surprising that someone was like, I follow you on Twitter. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I was like, wait, like, Ima. I'm like, Ima, wait, you know, uh, uh, Hot Gloss, a.k.a. Jamie. Like, you know, I'm like, what? When, when, when they was like, I'm Hot Gloss. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they were like, I'm in your Twitter circles. And I'm like, you really are. And I engage with you all the time. How is it that I'm meeting somebody that's in my Twitter circles? And I, it's just, I be feeling safe with some of y'all. Like, that's just it. Like, I just feel safe. <laughs> you can know my tea if we just talk randomly all the time. You can know. So it's it's just it's just it was it was a full circle moment. It was a full circle moment. Um, so yeah, we get into the show. Let's get into the logistics of the concert. So <laughs> we had great seats, really phenomenal seats. Shout out to Sabria for picking them up. I had no part in what seat I sat in. I just 
Vimoed my money and had to trust the, trust the process. Ooh, yes. And I was so pressured and like, I had wanted to get closer, but I'm like, you know what? This is, you know, this is good. Cause as I get older, I'm like closer, closer, but everything we did, we had great seats. I was like, wow, this is really good. We had really great seats because like, at, well, well, at the Renaissance concert, Beyonce don't do the things she used to kind of do where she has a stage, right? And she just got to work this one stage. There's a stage, there's a runway. Like I, I think that like she movement was so important to her, mm-hmm. this tour. Yes. She could be on a stage. Her dancers could be like on the runway. She could be on the runway. Her dancers could be on the stage. Then she got a band that's in like this Brady Bunch style cube behind mm-hmm. her. Um, So it's like, our seats put us above everything. So we saw Beyonce no matter where she was. Mm-hmm. And we had the screens for support. If you're in Club Renaissance, when she was on that runway, you was going to see all of her. Like the people in, in, in Club Runway, like even if you may not have been able to see her on the stage, it probably made up for things when you were able to see Beyonce thigh right next <laughs> to your chin. Yes, you that know? was really cool. That was really cool. And like, when we first saw Beyonce, like you said, we were where like the people were club renaissance, but it was like different because it wasn't like in a circle. It was like more like um, it was more like vertical, if that makes sense. If I catch my drift, um, mm-hmm. I probably did a bad job describing it. Just a but, traditional stage. Yeah, it was a traditional stage. That's what it was. It was a. I said tradition, tradition. It was a traditional <laughs> stage. So yeah, um, but uh, it looked everything just was so fun and like everybody i feel like no matter where you was you was feeling it you was feeling the beat but i personally felt like our seats were the best because we got to see see every single thing we definitely did it was so good and like the fact that we didn't the escalator had broke down because it was a lot of people and i think it started working again but i just was like i'm so happy we had to catch the escalator i'm so sorry shout out to you if you had to to catch the escalator but i was like it was important to be in the building, but I hate escalators. I'm actually same. afraid of them. And well, no, I don't hate them, but I'm just like same. I didn't feel like getting on it. And also from like, I don't want to be up anymore. Like, I don't know if it has to do with age or something, but the last concert I went to when I was like up, I'm like, I felt like, but also I was in Denver as well and the altitude high as fuck and I, I was mm. up high, but I felt like God was smacking the back of my head and I was like, <laughs> And I kept on feeling like I was going to tilt over. I was like, oh, I can't do this no more. No, I can't. I don't like stuff like that. Uh, And I'm spoiled. What do you mean? Because I have had, like, I've been close a lot of concerts. Like, when when I saw Ariana Grande, I had good seats. I think, like, when I saw Ariana Grande, it was inside, but I was where, like, we were for Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Um, when I saw Kanye West with Chu, we had amazing seats, but also because you worked here. (laughs) Um, and then when we saw Beyonce the first time, we was in a great spot. Um, and where else? When I saw Katy Perry bomb ass seats, I had, I had soccer mom seats. Like I had (laughs) soccer mom seats. Like I was in the, I was in the front and the like lawn chairs thing. And I was saying, when I saw Nicki Minaj, um, I had great seats. I was on a, well, it's all like floor. Well, no, cause it's like lawn 
And then it's like, it was like when you inside, I forgot, it's in Jersey. You know what I'm talking about if you live in Jersey. But I had great seats and I've just been like constantly spoiled. And I feel like I'm getting better and better and better seats. And I'm like, I just can't. Can't go back. <laughs> can't go back to that and and you shouldn't yeah because it started from when i was a child when my mom and dad got me screen tour floor seats in the early 2000s baby you better believe i'm a spoil no i I love that so much i i i love the seats i don't go to concerts that much but if you if you do um go to see somebody you really really like it's important to be in a building, but it's also important to be able to get the best seats possible that you can afford. That's mm-hmm. what I always think. Um, uh, like even seeing scissors, stuff like that. It's just like the best seats you can afford. Um, side note real quick. I'm real pissed off about that Victoria Monet concert real quick. I just I know, to I really was. I really wanted you to go. I literally, it, I think the tickets went on sale at 10 o'clock. I was on a meeting. Mm-hmm. Meeting took about 15 minutes. Get off the meeting and go get the tickets. And they were sold out. And I said, okay, I must be on the wrong site. I wasn't on the wrong site. They was literally sold out. I could not believe it. That is nuts to me. That I like- mean, I'm happy for her. And I'm not shocked. I know she has a really big audience. But at the same time, it was like, damn. But also, like, scalpers and stuff. And I think that's why that's um, Beyonce had her set up the way she did. Because, like, what happened with Taylor Swift and, like, other concerts. Like, how resellers just be buying stuff and go nuts. And then they resell um, the stuff at a high-ass price. Because you can price... When you resell... Because I have resold tickets on Ticketmaster before. And, like, when you resell, you can price them as how much you want. Insane. but they also have a suggested price too they have a suggested price and they like kind of say it like well if you really want to make money you better make shit shake basically i mean i'm really upset about the victoria monday thing but i might look at you know StubHub and see mm-hmm. if it's like ridiculous and go from there but if you did get the tickets you are very very lucky you are very 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 fortunate person Um, but back to the Beyonce concert and the logistics, I, the only complaint I had was that it started late. So, I mean, I was confused because the ticket says seven o'clock, seven o'clock is it? We got let in around six something. So my mindset was it's going to start at seven o'clock. Yeah. Same. Then the rumors were swirling around the stadium. It's going to be a DJ from 7 to 8, and then Beyonce going to come on at 8. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. We can fuck with a DJ. Everybody in Philly was, like, really lit. Yeah. Philly was a great crowd. So I'm like, if it's going to be a DJ, we're going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's bring bring it on. Child, it wasn't no DJ. It was, like, the little, like, futuristic music <laughs> Yeah, like, I know it was house. Maybe it was just, like, two. Not two, but maybe it was, like, super like if you really into house music and you like know that like it was like if that was your shit you probably like oh these are the hits but like but it wasn't I, a live dj on the stage it, it was just like somebody plugged in their iphone and they played there was music. a dj in another state but i just didn't get the dj vibe um yeah there. i just got music was playing and i didn't get a dj vibe it's just like yeah. music was playing and it was like I mean, not that I'm a house music 
queen, but it just felt like remixes of current songs versus like even some of the traditional like uh, 90s house and I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it, it was what it was. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. But I keep thinking about this one particular person because me and Sabrina was bragging about how Beyonce always on time before the concert. And this one woman walked by us, right? We weren't necessarily talking to her. So that's why I really don't feel that big. <laughs> she jumped into a conversation. Like, Excuse me. I'm sorry to jump in, but I'm so happy you said she starts on time because I got to get back to D.C. tonight. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, she was very prompt the last time. Like her concert started at 8 o'clock. At 7.59, that B flag rolled down. She's okay. Thank God. Enjoy. The only thing I was thinking about, I'm like, well, she better be on Amtrak rebooking her flight. Because <laughs> it did not start necessarily on time. Because it still didn't start at 8 o'clock. It started around 8.30. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it got started, it was so anticlimactic. Like, you just sitting there and all of a sudden, this, this screen just like changed. And the, the, everybody just flips out. Everybody flipped the fuck out. <laughs> Like, we all, like, where's she going to come on? And then the screen just, like, glitches. And the show's beginning. And it's, like, once it begins, it's, like, 100% one point. So, honestly, that's that's it. That's all. That's the only thing. And, of course, the parking when we left the concert. It just was a mess. But that's not Beyonce's fault. That's the... That's the venues, um, yeah, because, because they didn't have nobody directing. And it just was a clusterfuck. It was a clusterfuck. The first time we saw her, and we saw her in the same like area, it was so easy getting out. It was. I so, don't know what it was. It, uh, yeah, it's so weird. It was easy getting there, and it was easy getting out when, the first time we saw her. I don't know. Different time. I mean, it was ten years ago. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, what is it called? The it's an employee crisis, like whatever. It's different, but yeah, those people sucked. But um, they they did. But yeah, it was. I think that, and obviously, she went on when she went on because the sun went down, and like her set made sense when the sun sun went down. Um, but I feel like in Europe, maybe the sun take longer to go down. I feel like in Europe, she was performing when the sun was up a little bit. She was. Yeah. I don't think the sun going down. I I don't know if that was a factor. Because by the time she got to the stuff with the lights, it would have been down. Yeah, true, right? Well, I don't know. It is what it is. Either way. Uh, good it, job, it was queen. well worth it. When anyway. I say I don't I would do it all again. Yeah. Nobody gives <laughs> I would a do fuck. it all the fuck again. I will wait again. I will sit in the traffic again. It's not one part. So like let's actually <laughs> get into the show. So, I guess we could just pull some of the things that stood out to us the most. First, Dangerously in Love. Yes, that gagged me so bad. I was like, girl, I was like, I cannot do this. Like, it was everything. She ate that. It was, not only did Beyonce eat that, singing Dangerously in Love in a stadium full of black, mostly black women and black people, period. That song does something different mm-hmm. to us. I feel like, of course, some fans may have always been fans of Beyonce. Some fans might be like really living for Renaissance. But if you OG Hive, Dangerously in Love was probably your song when you was a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for all of us, I just felt the emotions. It was so loud and beautiful in the stadium. Like Philly showed the fuck up. And the whole time I kept thinking, was it like this in Europe? I felt like it wasn't like this in Europe, but I'm like, I'm just gassing myself because I'm from Philly. <laughs> but when I really went on Twitter 
And I saw all these people like, yo, Philly is a good time. Philly show out. And I heard the clips and you can literally hear all the people singing. It sounded like a choir. It just was, it was so beautiful. Like I got lost in that song. And then Beyonce went operatic on it. Like she just went all opera singer. It was just, it was so good. And then she did, like, I like how she like started off with like, you know, her slow songs. And then it was like, Boom, welcome to Renaissance. I said, ah, girl, because I didn't know how you was going to do that. But yes. yeah, I really liked that. I thought it was just like such a smooth transition because I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how is she going to do that? And it wasn't even like a big deal. It just was like, and I liked how like Renaissance was like an entity in itself. It was like, welcome exactly. to like Renaissance, like welcome to the Renaissance. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so decent. And you see the transitions between like B, just pure B. And then, like, the actual, like, going into the uni- the Renaissance universe. And I feel like she had to introduce us to Beyonce first. Yes, yes, In yes. order to get into the Renaissance. Because if we just was like, welcome to the Renaissance. Like, Beyonce hasn't been on tour for so long. Like, she had to come out as herself. I'm like, hello. Mm-hmm. How are you? Like Mr. Rogers did. <laughs> taking his shoes off and shit. That's how she was yes, at the yes, beginning. Yes. And, and then oh, she sorry. stepped away and came back in a, in, a, in, a, in some gear, like in some robotic, a robotic suit. Yes. And them transitions was everything. And like, the thing is, if you like, not to say, well, first of all, not even just because, um, what was I about to say? Dangerously in love tour. Me and my mom ran a DVD into the damn ground, but her <laughs> transitions, like, and her concerts are always great. And, like, I feel like if you've never seen a Beyonce tour, either DVD or in person, you don't understand. Like, even, like, because, like, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of On The Run because I'm just, uh, I like Beyonce by herself. But, of course, I've seen On The Run tour multiple times because my mom ran an Instagram. But, um... (laughs) Her transitions, like, if it's a concert and Beyonce's involved, the transitions are going to be amazing. Like, mm-hmm. it really be telling a story. I be feeling like I'm watching TV. Like, that should be so decent. And, like, these transitions did not disappoint. It was so fun, so exciting to watch. Like, it made me be like, oh, my God, I cannot wait until, I mean, since there's no people don't really do dvds anymore but i hope there is a physical copy of this i can't wait till it's like yes. on like a physical copy or like on netflix. streaming yes it's gonna be on netflix then she do like a deal with netflix i think she might have because homecoming is on netflix and like i'm just or like is it hbo it might be both because mm. lemonade was on hbo um first but i'm just like i can't wait until that happens so i can just watch these transitions like i feel like i was definitely there i was definitely present i was looking at it but i'm like i really want to look at the stuff that like maybe i would have missed and like it just was so i loved it it made me so excited about like just being creative in general and it just was like oh my god i just want to sit down with the people who like did this and also like you as Beyonce gets older, I love that, like, she's in on the jokes that people tell about, I mean, not jokes, like, the theories that people have about her, and, like, there was, like, some stuff about, like, mind control, um, on there, and I feel like it's, she's like, I get it, like, y'all know, I know what y'all think of me, and, like, she don't talk, so I just love that, that stuff was there, like, hmm, gotcha. 
Yeah, I also like the fact that she had one of her transitions say something about how I am not, like, you know, the capture thing. It's like, click if you're a robot. And you have to click the thing to say, I'm not a robot. Yeah. I thought that was also a funny play on, like, what people say about her. And most importantly, I like that Blue Ivy came out. Like, that's yes. what I, I can't believe it. I didn't see Blue at first. I didn't see Blue at first, but y'all heard it last week. That's what I, I was hoping for. Yeah. I was like, like, please, 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 I hope Blue chooses to come out, you know? If she do, great. If she don't, I respect that too. But the fact that she did, I just heard all this screaming. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? What's happening? Who's here? Like, I thought it was Tierra Whack because Sabria put that theory in my head. And she was performing the, the song that she has with Tira Wack. So I'm like, I know that Tira Wack burst with the cane before, but is she coming out? And then I don't know why my mind didn't immediately go to Blue Ivy. But when I saw her, I, I fucking screamed so hard I almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I'm, like, I'm literally screaming for somebody that I'm 20 years older than. <laughs> but I'm just like let's get it like and i'm like to be that young and to be surrounded by that like all these people really like enjoy you and want you to do good i'm like that is just like oh and people were they were cheering for so long yeah like they were going up for blue blue has a fan base i hear that they're calling blue blues um tribe I'm sorry, the Blues Ivy fan League. base, the Ivy League. And I just feel like that is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, that is so good. That is so juicy. I don't know if you saw the little TikTok. Actually, you sent it to me. Of the little girl freaking out <laughs> over Blue. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, she has fans. Like, she really got diehard fans. People who are like... My life will be complete if I saw Blue Ivy on the stage tonight. And, like, you got to have a lot of power and presence to be a child and to make so many people feel that way. Mm -hmm. So, and she really ate. Like, she was going hard. She, she was really she going was hard with the dance moves. going hard. Yes. It was so good. And Beyonce looked so proud. And also, I noticed that, like, when Beyonce is performing her next song and it's time for Blue to walk off, Blue still be dancing. <laughs> She literally be dancing as she like disappears into like the bottom. Like she, some part of the floor like takes her down. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. Like that was so crazy. Um, Jasmine Sullivan was in the building. She was in the building. She definitely was. And she looked beautiful. She looked gorgeous. Do you she, hear me? Yeah, she looked beautiful. Gorgeous. We had some Vogue legends in the building. Yes, the voices um behind, you know, the iconic songs on Renaissance. I love that. Um I wonder if they are going to go to the New York show too, but I love that they was in the building. And I I you know, obviously we couldn't see it from where we were what the connection Beyoncé made with them but like uh once she saw them in the audience she like put her mic down and, and said like mouthed i love you i love you uh -huh. and i'm like how yo there are people who make jokes like beyonce don't know y'all exist she Me. they were literally in club <laughs> renaissance and she was she was looking out she's looking at y'all so if you're in club renaissance she was looking at you. She was watching who was there. She was paying attention. Even when she flew over the crowd, she said, oh, we got all the legends in the, out tonight. And I'm like, who's she talking about? 
<laughs> she was she looks into the crowd like she is I feel like she is probably one of the most aware human beings on earth that like it takes a up. lot to be able to hit all your <laughs> all your p's all your cues but still watching who's in the audience what's going here what's going on there like do you know how her mind has to work no wonder she don't talk to us she probably don't have the capacity <laughs> to do anything more than just be aware I feel like Loki she like what's his name the brand from uh uh game of thrones <laughs> she low-key like brand from game of thrones like she don't really have a capacity to be chatting you know because she's paying attention to everything and it shows she just is a performer she has so much fun like mm-hmm. just being sexy flirty having fun with the dancers like oh and one of my favorite parts i did not expect this when they were doing that those shots of the band members and the drummer was going nuts. Like, um, do you remember that? They were doing like shots of the band. They had like the band, like cameras and different band members, like cubes. Yes, 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 yes. And it's like, the, you you see the people on the piano, you see the people on the drums. And I'm like, her band be snapping. And I'm not really somebody who necessarily, you know, understands instruments well enough to like, I hate to say it, like I respect bands, but I'm not a band person. But her band is so good that I feel like you gotta you gotta just love it. You gotta yeah. love the live music, the horns, the drums. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And I love that she loves music so much that she's like, she really is just like I feel like she definitely know about obviously know about instruments. And she like is a music lover for mm-hmm. real, for real. And another thing um, that I don't think I've really seen anywhere. I didn't see it on the blogs. <laughs> I don't know. If she only did this for Philly, but. She sung I'm Going Down by Mary J. Blige. Yeah, what about her? Did she sing that at y'all concerts? Let me know. Because I've never seen no video of her doing that. But this, here, here's what I will say. People always make it like, oh, if you watch social media, you, you going, the concert is going to be wrong for you. No, it's not. It's three hours long. And social media cannot get anything, everything. Yeah. And there are some moments that just happen out of the blue. Like there are just some things that happen. Outfits change. Uh, the the dancers are not as structured as you think they are. Mm-hmm. The 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 visuals are not recorded, and the visuals are a huge part of the show, and they only make sense when you're there. Mm-hmm. So it's you don't fret is what I'm saying. Do not fret if you feel like the show will be ruined for you because you've been watching it on social media. You will be entertained. Uh, via social media and that's another aspect of it but it will never it won't you, you will be full when you leave you're going to yeah. be full yeah i mean let me see the girl said it all but no for real like it's really like because i know i mean i watched some stuff on social media but it's just different i'm gonna say the vibes was different you had to be had to be there my boy vibes was definitely different in person it was it was um 10 out of 10 10 10 10 to cross the board she did Definitely a really really great job yeah and also like oh my god when she did america has a problem i was like i felt like my whole um like i felt like my body was gonna rip into two. <laughs> oh my god it was so good it was all so good it was, oh, and she went off for heated too. I felt like, and yes, she yes, was yes. really feeling the beat. Like she was down, like on the ground, staring into the crowd. Like she looked like she was losing it. It was Sasha first. Like it was not <laughs> Beyonce. It was Sasha first. Like she was going in. Like she just was really like 
I love to see that. I love to see her lose it. Yeah, and also, um, oh my god, what the fuck was that? It's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I want to see it again. I was like, look, I'm like, hmm, can I make another show? Like, I just want to see her again. I just want to see something. I know it was beautiful, and I felt like I was so shocked by what I was seeing that I really, it's like sometimes I, I, I partly don't remember a lot of it. I know that sounds crazy. Like, if you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that. But it's hard for me to recall because I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, I kept looking at her, looking at the screen, looking at her, looking at the screen. And it was so hard to just take it all in. So part of me wished that I can go and just actually sit down and watch a little bit more calm down. But it also was a lot. I felt like even though I didn't perform, it was so much energy for me <laughs> going to the concert. <laughs> like, I know I wasn't dancing, but I feel like it was exhausting. Like, when I got home, I was like, you know what, man? I can finally rest. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Because just leading up to it, everything was just like, yeah. But no, I feel you. I definitely, definitely feel you. And I only feel like that for Beyonce concert. Yeah, it was, but I mean, amazing, amazing concert. So let's get into the sunken place, shall we? So this is a really, really strange case. Didn't even think that it was real at first. Had to Google it separately because I'm just like, nah, this got to be like illegal or something like yeah, that. Because this is honestly one of my worst fears. Yeah. So the acting White House National Cyber Director, right? Follow us here. Her name is Kimba Walden. She was told a few weeks ago that she can't stay in her position despite all these endorsements and doing really well at her job because of her personal debt issues. And they said that would make her difficult to confirm a court. And, and, and like, I guess other people in politics will attack her for that. So just a, let me just give you a little information per the Washington Post. So Kimba Walden who has been acting director since mid-February, was told five weeks ago that her high debt load would create an opportunity for senators to give her a rough time. And one person who, like others interviewed, spoke on the condition of an anonymousness, essentially, because of the matter sensitivity. The reasons given to Walden stunned friends and colleagues who heard about it. They said she was qualify and pointed to her shepherding and implementing plans for the new national cyber search strategy in just six weeks she received endorsements from like all these really really big people um and she is a a mother of two children in private school and has a mortgage Mm. so it's like sick if you are somebody who isn't born into generational wealth you have to take out loans yes. to do everything because if you do nothing, then people are going to call you a bum. Mm-hmm. They're going to call you a loser. They're going to say you're not driven. Mm-hmm. You should have risked, risked it all. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is life is not a fairy tale. When you risk it all, you have to like give a little, take a little, mm-hmm. give a little, take a little. And it's like, so y'all say her debt is too high, but what about the fact that this job could be the way her debt lessons you know and i'm like don't everybody in this country have that including the country itself no so and also like (laughs) 
you have to like society tells you you have to go to school like and especially for what she's doing like you have to and also as a black woman i know me personally you feel obligated to seek higher education yeah you you do feel obligated especially if you want to do something and I don't know, cybersecurity, you can't just, you know, let's not pretend like you can just, she could have got her job without college. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that she wouldn't have been able to do the job without college, but people make those uh, things uh, a, a standard, mm-hmm. whether it's needed or not, mm-hmm. in order to gatekeep opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you risk it all to get there, it's such a slap in the face. Like, obviously, I don't know her debt. I don't know the ratios, but that should never prevent a person from working, especially mm-hmm. given that the damn president was known, the former president, Trump, was known for like going bankrupt and failing and debt. And I'm just like, wait, how is it that every, in almost any situation you could think of, we are held at a more like unrealistic standard than like our counterparts. And I really just feel like, the, over the pandemic, we sat there and we watched all these businesses uh, go out of business, like really big ones too. I'm not talking about our mom and pops. I'm not talking about like the really small businesses. I'm talking about businesses who ha- that have been around for years. My God. Y'all couldn't y'all couldn't go one year. Y'all couldn't have one bad year and survive. Y'all couldn't have one bad year and survive. But we expect. Like, black women have decades of bad years financially and survive. Not only survive, but thrive. Yeah, and my thing is, why would you try to stop, like Iman was saying earlier, why would you try to stop somebody's opportunity to try to do better and to fix their debt? Like, why would you do that? Because how are you supposed to pay your debt if you can't get the job that you went to school for? And it's just a reminder that you never really, like, can make it. Because this woman is, you know, she was a chief. <laughs> that that was just a life-changing opportunity for her working at the White House. And she had it in the palm of her hands. It was taken away from her. She has a husband who's a lawyer. And it's like for some of us who are really trying to escape generational curses, like Sabria said, this is our worst nightmare that every time you get out, like somebody will tap you on your shoulder and they'll gatekeep and they'll say no just because of what you were born into due to things you can't control. Debt is not always controllable. It's just not. It's not always controllable. Some of us are born poor and born without any financial literacy and we have to we have to do it ourselves mm-hmm. and nobody gives any grace nobody gives any grace and I just think it's so funny that everything about you your entire character is tied to like your credit score and your savings blah 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 but I found out like if you move to Canada if you move somewhere you don't even have a credit score anymore so now I guess I'm a different person because of that great it's just I feel like people rate human beings when they're rating credit scores and debt and I don't think that that's cool unless you're going to do it to everybody mm-hmm. no that's very true and also like of course you're going to wreck all that like most people wreck their shit when you're young and it's like of course you're going to do that like you know when you're young is to rip your shit um especially in school because that's where i ruined my credit score in school trying to survive yeah it's just it's just like come on y'all let's be for real not everybody's born with a silver spoon in their mouth so for that reason um the white house is in the sunken place i don't know which individual or individual wolves made this decision but come on yeah all you niggas you're done 
Really, really, really bad. Garbage. Really, really bad. For real. That shit is whack as fuck. And the thing is, since this has been brought to the attention, I know that she will, um, I know that she will still thrive. And, but it's just a shame because this is, uh, it's humiliating. It is. Because, like, now everybody know your business. That's another thing. And everybody know. Everybody know you in and, debt. Like, yeah. that's so cool. And the thing is, you know, I can say right now, oh, I'm in debt, but you don't know how much and the extent of my debt is. Um, and unless I tell you what the extent of it is, but it's like you humiliated this woman. So now everybody in the world will, uh, um, not to be like a selfish America, and most people in America that are keeping up with the news know that you're in so much debt that you, your job had to be forfeited. And it's just like, you know, um, especially when you're a black woman, Stuff like that opens you up to like so much negativity, so much possible hate, and um, stereotyping, stereotype like it make you look lazy, um, like you just unorganized and all that stuff like that. So they just open up this woman too. Like if she could, she probably won't. But I'm like, she could probably sue for like emotional damage because that's really fucked up. Like to just open this like this woman to all of this, like you know, you just just because like she has that from. Um, and I really hope she does sue I really hope she does sue because that is just so distressing and something happens when people make us feel like we're part of a stereotype I think it's called stereotype bias but it makes you feel so uncomfortable because it's like all right, say somebody says something like oh my god black women always late and then you're late you're now you know, a lot of folks are late all the time, but you feel uncomfortable. You feel stuck. You're overthinking. You feel like you are, you know, you're a slave to this perspective. And it's just not a cool thing to do. No, to for people. real, because that's why I was, I, I didn't show up sometimes to school, to class, because I'm like, I'd rather not show up than be late, like as a black woman. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just not cool. It's just not cool. And I just feel like it's a war on it's a war on us. It's a war on our success. It's a war on our confidence. It's a war on our careers and our prosperity. And that's why, like, no matter what happens in the world, I'm going to always be pro-black woman because we need it. We really need it. Yes. We really, really need it in every aspect of life. People don't look out for us. Yeah, true. It's true. So, um... Sending love to her. I hope that somebody gives, you know, as much folks know, know her business. I hope that um, it's seen as transparency and somebody has her back and offers her like a life changing opportunity or she starts something on her own. Maybe that's the maybe yeah. that's the answer. Yeah. <sighs> all right. So let's get into common senses. All right. So this week we have a listener letter. Shout out to y'all for, you know, listening to us beg for you to write in we love listener letters especially when they're really great yes thank y'all so much keep them coming you know because it comes in handy for times like this where we like let's dig in to our listener letters let's dig in let's go let's take a bite right now <laughs> <laughs> so um let's give this listener who goes by she her pronouns uh, a name, and I don't know why. I'm I'm feeling that they're they have some really bright energy, so I just want to say rainbow. Aw, that's really them, cute. 
All right, we'll give the name Rainbow to you, okay? So the letter reads, Hi, Iman and Sabria. I've been listening for years, but this is my first time writing in. It's hard to describe how much I love Black Girl Brunch and how much I trust that every week your podcast will bring me joy. Y'all got me through the pandemic, for real, for real. Thank you. I'm writing because I recently got home from a voluntary stay at a hospital psychiatric unit. My first time even hearing about hospitalization as an option for my mental illness was when Sabria mentioned it on the show. I'm wondering if either of you have advice on how you take your mental health seriously as black women and how to balance being disciplined about self-care without being too hard on yourself. I'd also like to hear your opinions on internalized stigma around mental health and if you've reached some kind of acceptance with your disability slash abilities. If it, it would mean so much if you responded, I use she, her pronouns, and my name is Rainbow. <laughs> so, Rainbow, first of all, thank you so much for writing us and for the kind words you shared about how what our podcast means. Um, and shout out to you for being brave enough to seek help because I know that that is not easy. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that just know that this is a safe space. You can always share the, yes. these types of things with us. And we're going to always put some respect on your name because you did the proactive thing for yes. yourself. Yes, yes. That's also very true. Um, so thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Really appreciate it. Yes, yes. We are praying for your healing and just continued healing because we all know it's not uh, a one a one stop shop, a one fix for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like when you have mental uh, health issues and when you're on a fight for mental wellness, it is a lifelong thing. Yeah. And I feel like once you once you make peace with that, it does start to say, mm-hmm. okay, cool. If I feel like this again, it's all right. It's, I don't have, I, I don't, I'm not expected to never feel bad again in my life, but you know what you need to do. You need to reach out. You need to ask for help whenever you feel down mm-hmm. and just be prepared to take care of yourself. You just, just take care of yourself. And, you know, we'll get to some of your questions. Um, but I think the first thing we wanted to mention is at what point did we realize we had mental health challenges? Because there there are two realities you face. There's a moment when you're a child and everything's great. Then there's a moment where you're a teenager and things start shifting. Mm-hmm. And then that young adulthood happened and you have these complicated feelings. And if you maybe not have never had an adult in your life to talk to about it, you don't know if how you feel is normal or not. And so what happens for you to realize, like, I don't feel like this is normal. I need to escalate. Like, I need some help. Like, what was that moment for both of us? Um, For me, the thing is, I've always had challenges, like, my whole life. But, um, and, like, in college, I just chalked it up to, like, um, because it, it really started getting bad, like, maybe, like, my last two years in school. And I just chalked it up to, like, oh, everybody's struggling. Like, it's college. We living in a big city. We all living on our own. No parents. So, I'm like, okay, this is normal. Like, we all is out here struggling. I just thought it was just, um, I chalked it up to, like, this is just the millennial struggle. Like, because everybody my age was just, like, struggling at the time. And, like, I was on Tumblr heavy. And a lot of people were just, like, sad on Tumblr and stuff like that. So, I just chalked it up to, like, okay, this is just, like, 
like my thing the thing with my generation like we was kids when 9-11 happened and financial crisis and all this other shit like so I'm just like oh this is just a generation thing but then when for me when it um really started crumbling was um, when I realized when I had a hard time dealing with rejection and like after college um I did pretty okay in school um I did everything I was supposed to like I made the dean's list I I had internships I got on my own I every time I worked hard it paid off and then when I started working hard and it didn't pay off pay off um like I noticed that that broke me and it became hard for me to like get back up because I was used to like being knocked down and be like all right whatever and like getting back up and like not letting it keep me down and I noticed that uh, when I was when I graduated college and I was having a hard time finding a job and I was like really trying my hardest and like I got knocked down and it was very hard for me to get up and I felt like hopeless I felt like pain in my body I'm like okay maybe this is something else like I think this is actually like, like an issue. Um, so I like was, um, you know, seeked help for it. Cause I'm like, you know, this is an issue and like me working out, wasn't helping. And I just like, and I stopped also, that's another thing. I stopped working out and that was like something that was important to me that I found in college that really helped me. And I'm just like, oh, there might be something like else wrong there. Mm, yeah. I hear you. I think that it's something about that time period after college where it's like whatever you were going through hits the fan. Mm -hmm. It, like, hits the fan because I feel like life just gets so real and it's no, like, slow onboarding. So, if you already have, like, challenges, then life's going to, like, throw a whole bucket of that big water on you. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I always was a um, person who would panic and get overexcited. I was called dramatic when I was a kid. Anytime I'm like, we said this, but now we're not do doing it. I would get really upset when I was a kid. Um... I would, it's funny because when I was younger, my family would make fun of me because I drew my numbers backwards and certain letters backwards and I said certain words backwards. So that's like more of a learning disability, but it's weird because that kind of, it just snowballed and helped with my anxiety as I got older. But when I was a kid, like everybody in my family just thought I was just a quirky drama queen. Like she's just so quirky. She's so dramatic. That's Iman. She's just different. But like, as I'm looking back on it, I'm like, these were signs. <laughs> like these were signs. But you know, my family didn't, it's not like the internet was available yeah. and people knew they really did not know, even though I was drawing letters backwards and saying things backwards and, saying I need to itch my scratch, you know? Um, it wasn't until I got to, like, high school, I started to notice that whenever something nerve-wracking was coming, like, I started to feel pains in my chest. I literally thought that I was having, like, some type of heart issue. Like, am I going into cardiac arrest? Like, what's going on? So there were, like, two times where my mom had to take me to the emergency room because I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And each time they would say nothing was wrong, nothing was wrong. And then it wasn't until the time where right before I went to college, 
I had an anxiety attack so bad that that was the first time they were like, it's an anxiety attack. She's having an anxiety attack. And I'm like, oh shit, I thought this was a heart attack. I did not know. I had no clue what an anxiety attack was. And I felt embarrassed when I Googled it. I felt like when I Googled it, I felt like, oh, so it is nothing wrong with me. Like, that's what I felt like at the time when I was like 18. And then it was like two weeks after that situation happened, my dad took me uh, on a walk to have a conversation about college and, you know, just being, my dad is just coach Carter. So any opportunity he has to stop me and be like, listen, this is a very serious chapter in your life. He's going to do it. So as he was talking to me, I felt like something stabbed me in my stomach and I'm like, what is this? Oh my God, what is this? What is this? And I just didn't want my dad to know that I was like declining on the inside and I was just listening to him staring but it got to a point where I was like dad can we sit down on this bench and can I have a water and he was like you good and I was just like yeah but I'm like something about what he was telling me about the responsibility and the importance and the weight I just felt like my body couldn't handle it so I started to realize that like my anxiety is beyond my control in a way like I mean obviously there are mechanisms to control it but when I go from zero to 100 like that that is something that is just inside of me that like lives inside of me and it's gotten it kind of got worse um around like 2018 I think I just ignored it for so long and then something happened where like I like uh, left a job I like left a job and I didn't have really any income coming in at the same t- time like I was working part-time jobs but it's not the same as working a full-time job I didn't know when my next full-time job was gonna be I didn't know if it was a sign to like just kind of go on my own creatively but I just didn't feel ready for that I felt like I needed money right now and it just was so stressful and I remember one time I was up and I was freaking out so bad that I actually had to call like one of the hotlines. And from there, I needed to get on anxiety medication because I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) Like, this is crippling. You know, it's crippling and I just, you know, I can't do it. So, you know, I did have a short stint of time on, um, on, uh, medication And I was able to, it was an episode for me. You know, I know mental health is different for people. Anxiety is different for people. Some some folks have to stay on it. But for me, I was able to wean myself off once the stressful episode was over. And now I'm very conscious about like my stress levels because I know where it can go. And even now, sometimes small things just send me. But that was the moment when I knew. I just knew. I remember that too. Yeah, it was rough. And I feel like a lot of people don't see me break besides you. (laughs) Like, you're probably the only person that actually saw me, like, crack. Everyone else is like, oh, I don't know the side of you. I'm like, because I only feel comfortable to completely break open in front of one person. And it's just like, it's, it's always nice when you can have somebody like that. And speaking of, our next question is, how did it feel when you had to, for the first time, like really share with somebody, like, I am not okay? Um, For me, it was really when I had to admit myself to the hospital and I had to tell my job. Like, I was so used to keeping stuff under wraps because something crazy happened. And 
like I had saw somebody who like triggered the hell out of me in my store and I didn't say anything to my staff I just went to the bag and continued working like everything was normal and then everybody was like like when it fi when I like finally was like falling apart they were like why didn't you tell us you should have said something like oh my god Sabri like you should have said something and then um when it like became just too much um because I really liked my job and I didn't want to like quit on my staff and I really care about my staff and so I was like if I care about them I have to let them know what's going on um because I have to like if I want to be good for them I have to like you know take care of myself so I finally broke down and was like I told I think it was like my day off and I told um my manager well no I told another um another manager and she told the store manager and I was like yeah I have to go like into the hospital and like I was checking on them when I was in there and like after that I felt like kind of I, I felt free and I felt like um it's okay to tell people when you're not okay mm -hmm. for sure for sure I, I still struggle with telling people when I'm not okay just to the um just just going back to you know what I just said about really only breaking in front of like you for the most part um it's just because in times where I have shared that I'm not okay with people like even my family they didn't really get it and also anytime you're upset they can bring that up as to why you're upset you know yeah. like if you are like I've had family members if I got upset be like oh have you taken like your medicine like, I've had someone say that to me. And it was so hurtful because it's just like, oh, so now everything I do is based on, like, my medication. Like, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. and I just felt like I am not her. Like, don't be throwing that up in my face, yeah. you know. And my response was maybe you should get yourself mentally evaluated and then you you could feel better, too. Like, you're not going to make me feel upset for taking the steps to take care of myself. And never bring that up again. I brought it up to a partner one time and they were like very like judgmental about me taking medication. Like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. And it's just like that feels like you don't know what would have happened if I didn't take that. Yeah. Like you don't know what would have happened. And I don't want to share with you exactly how I felt. But it just feels like so stupid and ignorant for you to just like kind of assume that you knew what was going on with no, me like respect me respect my feelings respect my judgment and trust that no individual wants to take medication nobody wants to right some people really have to mm -hmm. it's life-saving so it's like I tend to keep things to myself and I, I can I read the room who looks like they respect mental wellness and if you look like somebody who don't respect it I'm not going to share with no, you and if you're somebody who looks like you do or you open up to me first then I'll be honest but like it's it's I ha like just being real folks are not always the most like accepting and when I find somebody else that has high anxiety I really do understand what they're going through and I, I just try to listen yeah mm -hmm. no it definitely is hard because people definitely will try to weaponize it because they um themselves can't come to grips with their own mental health so they try to weaponize yours yeah for mm -hmm. sure like for it. sure they like use that as a reason for why you're not doing something rather than like okay i'm still an imperfect human you can't blame everything on this i'm not 
you know, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, people definitely will try to weaponize it. Mm -hmm. Um, The next question is uh, wondering if either of you have advice on how you take your mental health seriously as black women. So this is going back to Rainbow's letter. Any advice for how we take care of our mental health as black women? Sabrina, do you want to go first? Yes, I constantly am speaking up for myself. For me, like, it's like um with in the past in jobs i like tend to overexert myself or i'm like oh no i want to be perfect i want to do that so now i'm like more open and being like oh i'm having a bad day or this that and the third blah 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 like i'm not feeling well because of this that and the third blah blah blah. because when i like when i started this job i was like withdrawing because i was trying to get off this medicine i was on and i just told my manager i'm like listen i'm sorry i'm late like i'm having a hard time getting up because um i'm withdrawing and it's like i'm having a hard time getting up and like i felt better like you know making it known and then when things got better i got back to myself being early and it hasn't been a problem since so for me being open and honest even though i could always get better at it but being open and honest and also saying to myself like for instance as to what Ima was saying like how she said i had a partner and i said i was taking medicine and they was like um you shouldn't do that i was seeing somebody and i really liked them and i know it was going to go anywhere but like they had said something about because somebody a girl something was somebody said something about a girl crying on the bathroom floor or whatever and like he had said something like basically so like non-empathetic and i was like that turned me off and i'm like me i have i cannot shield my feelings to try to make somebody feel comfortable and i'm like if i feel like i have to do that then you're just not for me so coming to grips with that excuse me and coming coming to grips coming to terms whatever you want to say with that to be like in order to protect myself i have to be open i have to be honest i have to honor how i feel I have to be raw. I have to be un- I have to be uncomfortable. I have to be okay with looking a certain way. I have to be okay with some people being like, "Oh, you that's great." Like I just have to be like I have to be comfortable with saying fuck it because I have to at the end of the day, you only have yourself. When I was in that hospital, it was just me. I, it was other people in there, but I was like with myself, my own thoughts, and it's just like um I really want to protect my mind. So in order to do so, I have to stand up for myself. I have to tell people when I'm not having an okay day. And I have to just like really just honor how I feel. Yeah, I feel like the honor and how you feel piece is very big for me too. Like sometimes I would say like, I'm, oh, this is okay just to keep things going smooth. But now I'm like, it's, uh, I know that it would keep things going smooth with you. But when I have to be kind to other people and not kind to myself, that's a no deal. Like deal off the table. That's not healthy you know I would never want somebody to be kind to me and unkind to themselves that doesn't feel sustainable so when I think like that I always try to be honest and like some it used to be a time where if somebody asked me how I felt during a meeting I would be like I'm feeling good but now I'm like if I'm feeling tired I'll say that I'm not going to necessarily be a negative Nelly um at work but I'm not I don't like lying about how I feel mm-hmm. because it's snowball it's a that's a trigger for me so it's like I have to be honest about how I feel if like someone's like 
how you feel? And I'm like, I can't wait for it to be the weekend. And they go, it's only Tuesday. And I, 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 I can't wait for it to be the weekend. That's how I feel, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And like, I sit in it and like, it's not always easy, but I know that I'm doing myself a favor. Also, I really try to do things that I enjoy. Like when I'm not at work, I really try to do things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. I love going to Target. I love going to the mall. I love taking walks. I love cooking. I love binge watching Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. I love being around my family, being around my friends. I love uh, resting and and scrolling on TikTok and watching YouTube videos. Like that's what I like to do. So given that I feel like I work so hard during the week, not just on my full-time job, not just on this podcast, but also being like a daughter, being like all these different roles to different people because I I know that's important to support people in my life. When it's time for me, I just lean into it. Like I just melt into that time for myself and I'm really, really happy with it. And I feel like that refills my cup. Like I'm just, I try to be a happy person as much as possible. And when things don't make me happy, I don't tolerate it. I'm not doing it because it's going to impact you negatively. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. And so uh, the next question is how we'll, and we'll end on this question because I feel like this one is really, really important. How to balance being disciplined about self-care without being too hard on yourself? Um, for me, like for instance, I really want to get back to working out five days a week, but I know that like, for instance, yesterday I worked out it was very excruciating. There was miss, there was like a mishap with like my heart monitor that I'd use. And like, if anybody know me, Iman know, I am very motivated by points. <laughs> um, and it kind of bummed me out, but I just kept on going. I'm like, whatever. Um, and like today is my like designated rest day. And, um, I do still have like, for instance, not the week, not last week, but the week before last, week before Renaissance concert, I said to myself, that's going to be my recovery week. So I'm not going to work out at all. I did one Pilates class um, that whole week because that was like something that was low impact. Um, and it was like a tester class. So it was 30 minutes. So it was just like good. So I was like, I'm not doing nothing all week because my like, I need to recover. And like in the beginning, I like struggled a bit because... I'm like, well, you know, you do this for your mental health and you have like, you know, exercise goals. Like, what are you doing? Like this, blah, blah, blah. Like I was just like in my head about it. But I'm like, in order to be the best that you want to be, you have to rest. You don't want to wear yourself down and then you wear yourself down and you get an injury or you've been hot. You're going to be even more upset at yourself. So just to me, like trying to talk nicely and like telling myself that like you know and and a part of like my self-care is also resting and recovering um in order to be a better person and also if I want to keep up with these things that I do for self-care like doing arm theory like doing solid core I have to do it in moderation and it's okay that I do um, I work out three times a week because I don't want to, I know I want to do something that I can keep up. And so far I've been keeping it up for three months now. And I'm like, 
I'm doing good. I just keep on saying to myself after everything, I'm like, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, and that's my like self care stuff that I do. Um, and I just always like constantly talking myself through it. Also, I'm making it seem like it's just, it's a part of me. Like, I'm not yes. trying to make it a big yes. deal. Like, it's a separate thing. Like, self-care is this separate entity. And it's like this big ordeal. It's a task. It's a like, task. It's, a, it's on something. the to-do list. Because now exactly. how that's, that becomes stressful. Exactly. Exactly. That's how it becomes stressful. And it's less stress when you just see it as like, I'm like, okay, I go to work. And then after work, I know that I'm going to do a workout on Monday. Then I rest. And then I do my podcast on Tuesday. And then I work out on wednesday and then on thursday sometimes i work on on thursday sometimes i rest and then friday and then like sometimes i take a class on the weekend but as long as i get there three days in but yeah i make it as a like it's a test and it's something that i'm like um you're gonna do it's just like a job like you do it a it's project a, or yeah, project, project. yes yeah Yes, I'm not making it like a big, like, self, I'm like, I feel like I struggled when I was making self-care like a big production and making it seem like something that I had to do when only I get paid and all this stuff like that. It's just something, it's just a part of my routine. Exactly. I feel like that, I agree. Like, I don't, I think that self-care shouldn't be rigid. And for that reason, even the word um, rainbow share of like, how do we stay disciplined? I'm not disciplined. I'm committed to myself. That's how I feel. I'm committed to my well-being. I'm committed to loving myself. I'm committed to taking care of myself. And I feel like that changes from like, like, I know there's some fear around, like, oh, I have to take care of myself because if I don't, I will, I could end up back into this space again. But that rigid, it's like disciplining a child. When you discipline a child rigidly, sometimes you have like the opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. But when you are kind to yourself and you are tapping in and you are like, what do I actually really like to do? Mm -hmm. And then approaching it from that angle, I think it's like a lot better. Like I look at self-care like fun, play, and curiosity. Like I went into Michael's yesterday and it just made me realize, oh my God, I love knitting. I used to knit all the time when I was a kid. And I feel like knitting is great because it doesn't benefit nobody. It don't benefit the world. Like, it's not about making money. It's just about tapping into, like, my childhood self and seeing if I can maybe elevate some of the things that I've done in the past. And I just thought it was so cool to maybe just take that on and know that I'm allowed to. Like, I'm allowed to have hobbies that don't benefit anybody besides me and just bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And there are some days, some nights, I just put the Alexa on and I'm like, like today, I was like in a very Mary J. Blige mood, probably because Beyonce sung I'm Mm -hmm. Going Down uh, at the concert. And I also went to Vashti, you know, the DJ. I went to her page recently and she had this picture of Mary J. Blige. And I was like, I don't know why Mary J. Blige is top of mind. So like, I just like went uh, to Mary Mary J. Blige music and like, I washed my hair. I washed my sewing and like, I just was in the shower and like that to me was self-care. It was not fancy. Mm -hmm. Like Sabrina said, you don't have to have a million dollars to listen to Mary J. Blige get in the shower. You just have to be tapped into what you need right now. And be like, oh, that could be a vibe right now. Mm-hmm. And just make it exciting. Like, romanticize your life. Mm-hmm. Romantic. I saw this manifestation journal the other day. Um, and I'll, I'll get the name of... It was Octavia Butler's journal. And oh, yes, she's like... She sent it to me. Yes. Yeah, she said, dramatize your stress. 
dramatize it. So I feel like just dramatizing the very basics of life that bring you joy is like a great way to stay committed to yourself, but don't make it a test. Self-care is between you and you and you and you and you. Mm -hmm. Nobody else's. TikTok, it ain't their business. It ain't our business. Mm -hmm. Whatever you decide to do, that could be collecting seashells that bring you joy, but just tap into you. And sometimes it may not happen right away. Just, Just give it some time. Just do random shit. And and waste time, waste some time for yourself, and just just figure it out. Like it's okay to just to just wallow in time. I know this capitalist society makes us believe that that's not okay, but it is. It really. Please do it. It's rest is um resistance. Remember that rest is resistance. Yeah. So I think that 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 wraps it up for me with self care and and how how to stay committed to yourself. Sure. So, Rainbow, thank you so much for writing this in. Please feel free to follow up if you so feel. Um, And for the rest of y'all, make sure you write us, too. You know, we love the listener letters, especially a really great one like this. Um, Gives us some range and some other things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like that was like a therapy, a group therapy session. So, I really appreciate it. So make sure y'all write us on the email at blackgirlbrunch at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at blackgirlbrunch at gmail.com. I'm mean, sorry, at blackgirlbrunch on Instagram. You can hit us up on Twitter at blkgirlbrunch. You can find me on Instagram at imamate and also Twitter at imamate. And you can find me on, uh, sorry, I'm, not, I'm hot, y'all. I'm hot and tired. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at imamate. You can find me on Twitter at It's Matei and Sabrina. And you can find me at Frankenstein underscore on um, Twitter. And then It's Frankenstein on TikTok and Instagram. All right, y'all. That's the show. Goodbye. Peace.